Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I'm sharing the audio version of a webinar that I had put on on brewery cash flow management. A lot of businesses fail because simply they run out of cash, they run out of access to capital. So in this podcast, you're going to get a crash course in brewery cash flow planning to help your business survive and thrive in tough times. Some of the key topics we're going to cover, cash flow basics, what's the difference between accrual and cash accounting in common sense language. We'll talk about how to identify and monitor the key drivers of brewery cash flow. There's only a handful and I'll share some scorecards you can use to keep track of these important drivers of cash flow. And I'll share some cash flow templates that you can download and use right away to help manage cash in your business. So for now, please enjoy this podcast on how to build a cash flow plan for your brewery business. Basically, cash flow is, as the name implies, is really just money that's moving in and out of your business every day. And it comes from a number of different sources, collection of receivables, cash that's coming in from delivery customers or from your tap room. You know, money is going out in the form of payroll and payables and debt payments and tax payments. So really cash management is, it just involves monitoring these inflows and outflows. And we want to ensure that the money is safeguarded, it's taken care of, it's protected, and that it's moving efficiently through the business. And I, I think this is a really big deal for breweries. It's a big deal for any business, but certainly it's it's very pertinent for us as brewery owners and operators to really have a good handle on our cash flow management. I, th- I think a lot of businesses fail because they simply run out of cash and they run out of cash because they're not actively managing that cash. And we don't want that to happen to our breweries. Um, so our, our goal here in this presentation and with the tools that I'm going to provide uh, really to avoid that fade and give you, give you some some tools here so you can actively, aggressively, and consistently manage your cash flow. So, you know, cash management, it, it really is vital to the current health of your brewery, and it's vital to the continued existence of your brewery. So it is a big deal. So let's get into it. So we'll, well first we'll cover our, our usual housekeeping. If there's any questions, you can put them in the chat area, email me after, or shoot me an email and we'll set up a call to talk. Uh, so I'm happy to do that. If there's anything that I haven't covered or you have questions on or you'd rather just talk one-on-one, I'm, I'm happy to do that. You can just email me. We'll set up a call. Uh, the resources and materials, all the spreadsheets and templates that I'm going to cover here in the course today are going to be on that website page there. Again, if anyone has any issues accessing that material, just let me know. We'll get you squared away. Uh, all the download information is there as well as a video replay. And again, it's not this exact video. This one's live. The one that's on that page is a, is pre-recorded, but it's essentially the same material. Um, I have added uh, for this course and will add for the previous courses is the, is the PDF of the deck 
So if you want to print it out, and I will make best efforts to get you that deck for the Monday class in advance. So either uh, tonight or this weekend, get that off to you so you can review it in advance. So just quickly recapping the first two courses. So the first course was really fundamentals of brewery financials. So we talked about financial reports, examples of what these should look like, what are other breweries doing, what are some key metrics so that when you're building your reports, you know, you've got a sense as to you know, what those numbers could look like. Uh, chart of accounts and structure, basically that's kind of the skeleton of, of our financial reporting system. So what, what are the accounts that we want to track? What income accounts, expense accounts? How do we want to set that up? Assets, liabilities, and really fundamentally wanting to report our brewery functions separately. So if we have a tap room and we have self-distribution business, making sure that we can readily account for each of those separately and run separate financial reports to see how we're doing. Uh, good process, good information. So we talked through some you know, month-end routines that I think are pretty straightforward, but really useful, helpful uh, checklists that you can follow, that you can have your bookkeeper or your finance person follow uh, so that you're getting good information. Um, and I'm preaching the gospel of balance sheet reconciliations. Really all that means is Go through your balance sheet each month, tends to get ignored. A lot of stuff gets stuck on there. So we we do reconcile cash, but really advocate for reconciling your accounts receivable, your inventory, your prepaid accounts, accounts payable, and right on down the line. Stuff really gets stuck in there. And when you find it and you have to adjust it out, it often creates a painful financial surprise. Uh, so good process, good information. And we talked a bit about building and training your team, you know, using that process uh, as you're training folks, and then some uh, recommendations on outsourcing options if that's right for your brewery. In the second class, we talked, we got into more of the financial forecasting, really best practices to put together your plan, pitfalls to avoid. So essentially, here's here's what not to do. Let's do the opposite, and ultimately getting that plan down on paper so we know where we're going financially and we can track against it using the seven steps uh, really to, to create that plan so a sales plan our cost of goods and margins plan really looking at it by brand by package it's just a really good exercise it's definitely something that you will benefit from in terms of looking at your your margins by package creating an operating expense plan that's OPEX, and likewise a capital expense plan, that's CapEx, essentially listing out what you're going to buy when you're going to buy it. Looking at obviously our net income, profitability, our debt service. So planning what loan payments do we have and how are we going to make sure we can cover those. And then some cash flow drivers. And, and we'll dig into that more deeply here in this course. And then really lastly, how to use the information to drive results and create the financial outcome that you need, because that's the whole point. You know, we don't want to just create a plan and put it on paper. We want something that's going to be use, usable and useful and get us the outcome that we need. And so we covered a number of tools, models, scorecards, really keeping it simple where possible uh, so you can see how you're doing and achieve those results. So for today, we're going to talk about all things cash flow. So for starters, some cash flow basics, just a very quick, I'm not going to dwell on this, but uh, accrual accounting. What is accrual accounting? And why do you care? Be very quick with that. Uh, some distinctions between net income and cash flow. The takeaway, there is a difference and it can be a big one. 
Uh, next, we'll look at just a few considerations um, and a tool that you can use if you're in the startup or planning phase of a brewery. Talk a bit about uh, growth stage breweries in terms of you know, cash consumption and how that might happen. And then we'll dig into these five drivers of brewery cash flow. And I've got a spreadsheet template for each of these that I, I use regularly, I think are very helpful and hopefully can be useful for you in terms of managing your cash flow. So for starters, cash flow basics. So th this is a bit of a, you know, it's, it's a little bit silly, but the 10 laws of business. So there's only 10 laws of business. You may have heard of this. The first law is don't run out of cash. And the last law is don't run out of cash. And all the laws in between don't mean anything. So really, the emphasis on cash is the fuel that drives your business. And if you run out of it, you're out of business. So it's really just don't forget the most important law. Don't run out of cash. And, you know, we do tend to focus a lot on profitability, uh, but cash flow deserves equal or more attention. Speaking of profitability, the income statement is measuring profit. It's not measuring cash flow. So here's the difference. And this is a little bit of accrual accounting. Accrual accounting is really recording revenue and expenses as transactions happen. So that income statement is very focused on transactions. It really doesn't care about cash. So for example, sales are recorded when the product is delivered. So if we're in a self-distribution model, we're delivering, uh, you know, we're we're allowing the customer to pay on terms. So the sale is recorded when the product is delivered. Expenses are recorded when they're incurred. So we get, we incur the bill, we have an obligation to pay it. That's when we're recording it. So neither of these things is necessarily related to cash. So that cash side of the transaction, so when the customer pays for the beer or when we pay those bills will often occur at a different time. So we have a timing difference between what our income statement is telling us and ultimately what our cash position actually is. So really the takeaway on here is profit it does not equal cash flow and there can often be a very big difference. And, and we'll get into that in terms of, we wanna look at profitability, it's important from an operating perspective, uh, but there's other considerations in order to make sure uh, that we're properly cash flowing our business as well. So profit does not equal cash flow. As far as outsourcing, we do outsource a lot of financial functions in our business. Payroll is the easy one. Tax is, is pretty easy, sometimes bookkeeping. Uh, but the takeaway here is we really can't outsource our cash flow management. That's something that we need to do as owners, as operators. It's something that is really a daily, weekly, monthly task. It's something that we just got to keep our eye on. Certainly, you can have someone help you set it up. You can use uh, the templates that I'm going to present here. But as far as monitoring and understanding, uh, that's really key that we do that as, as owners and operators of our breweries. It's just that important. Some considerations if you're in the startup or planning phase for your brewery is, is you know, the obvious is how much cash are you going to need and where is it going to come from? So what I've found is a simple tool, but very useful is to create a sources and uses schedule for your capital expenditures. So basically we're gonna look at, you know, wh where are we gonna get the money and where are we gonna use it and get that on paper and actually do the math and make sure everything adds up. Cause I've seen time and again, where we'll have all sorts of uses, but the sources don't match up or we forgot to add working capital. So we had enough money to get the brewing equipment, but we forgot that we're gonna have some 
run-up time. We're going to have some time where we're going to have to be paying for our lease costs, for example, or we're hiring employees, but we're actually not open for business. So we do need working capital for that purpose. So the sources and uses schedule can be very helpful in terms of that planning process from a, from a cash flow perspective uh, from, from a startup and planning phase. And here again, it's a rule of thumb, um, but it's remarkable how often it happens. It, it does take oftentimes twice as long and cost twice as much as you think it will. So you do that sources and uses schedule and then you do it again and you really vet the information and make sure you've got everything accounted for because there again, those can be nasty surprises. Costing twice as much, that hurts an awful lot. Taking twice as long to get open, sometimes that can hurt even more because again, you're, in, you're into some fixed costs that you can't get out of. So I want to show you this, again, a relatively straightforward spreadsheet. This is our sources and uses schedule. Down the left-hand side, we're just simply going to list where we're going to get the money. And at the bottom, our uses, what are we going to use that money for? And then some notes on how what that might look like. So here we have a hypothetical brewery and tap room that we're going to be creating. Our sources of, our, of funding are going to come from equity, uh, some term bank financing, maybe a working capital line of credit if we have that. Then our uses are going to be our equipment, fit up of the space. We've got some legal, organizational, and then uh, we want to account for some working capital again to cover those operating costs before we open up. So the key here, as you can see, is the number should should be pretty close. Hope you know your sources may be larger than your uses, but if it's opposite, then obviously you're going to have a shortfall. So again, relatively straightforward schedule. Uh, but can be be really useful to get it on paper, to share it with your team so everybody understands uh, really um, what the scope of the project is and how we're going to pay for it. So Amy uh, is asking, sources and uses specifically for large investments, capital purchases, or day-to-day business? This particular schedule I would use um, more on a project basis, so for large investments or capital purchases. And certainly you could do this, uh, this is in the context of a startup or planning phase, but you can do this for expansion. Um, so if you're expanding your brewery or adding tanks and so forth, you know, same same process. So yeah, I would use this one and I've got one later that I'll show you for more of the day-to-day, uh, but this one I use for more of those larger projects. So in the growth stage, <clears throat> I get this question a lot is, you know, we're growing like crazy, sales are... Um, Sales are up. We're doing really well. Uh, but we don't have any cash. You know, what's going on? And um, it's kind of counterintuitive. As your sales grow, you just would naturally think that your cash is going to grow. And again, what happens is there's there's often a, a timing difference um, or a real disconnect between uh, the immediacy of sales growth and the immediacy of cash growth. Uh, so what ends up happening when we're, when we're growing sales is we're typically adding expenses as fast or faster to keep up with it. So operating expenses, you know, we're adding folks to make sure the sales are going, the production is going, capital expenditures to keep up with increased production. So really the key on growth stage is to have a have good financial projections and very specifically to project the balance sheet. Again, most financial performers that I see will do a reasonably good job at projecting sales and margins what we think for operating expenses, but it, it kind of ends there and it excludes or ignores the balance sheet. And that's really from a cash flow standpoint, the key to the whole thing is the balance sheet takes into account all those items. Uh, they're going to whack your cash flow that you don't see on the income statement. So for example, gro- these growing breweries 
absolutely eat cash and it comes in a number of forms and here's here's just a few so accounts receivable particularly if you're in a self-distribution model also if you're in a wholesale model you've got sales that you haven't collected yet so sales are going up and uh, the cash that remains uncollected that an accounts receivable goes up as well so you have a disconnect between your sales growth and your cash eventually you're going to get that cash we hope but your income statement's telling you you got it because you have sales your balance sheet says nope you don't so you're so that's where the cash flow calculation would come in inventory is another big one uh, so inventory is is really just cash sitting in your warehouse in another form so sales are going up inventory's got to go up we have to buy more raw materials we have to buy more packaging materials we'll have more finished goods uh, so that can really chew up a lot of cash really fast capital expenses as we talked about tanks and equipment and so forth so that sales go up production's going to go up we need to increase capacity we need to add these items oftentimes what'll happen you know we'll do the sources and uses schedule but there's there's an equity component when we're borrowing money we need to generally come up with a percentage of the total loan somewhere between 20 and 30 percent uh, so that's that can eat a lot of cash really uh, so the takeaway here growth stage so this is these are just ways like trying to avoid surprises so in that in that planning and startup phase you know avoid the surprise of just make sure you have enough funding and where it's going to come from growth stage understand that growth is generally the goal or if that is your goal uh, the surprise might be that uh you start running out of cash sooner than you think. So, so projecting the balance sheet and looking at these particular balance sheet items is going to hopefully avoid some surprises. So next I want to dig into what I'll call the five drivers of brewery cash flow. And these, these are the things that ultimately are going to influence cash coming in, cash going out. And these are good areas of, of your brewery to monitor on a regular basis. Regular basis could be weekly or monthly, could be quarterly. I think monthly is probably the outside. I, I prefer to do it more regularly just because it depends on what stage you're at, but the more frequent, the better. Uh, so accounts receivable, obviously that's uh, uncollected sales. Inventory, again, in lots of different forms uh, from finished goods to uh, grain and hops and packaging materials, accounts payable, obviously money that we owe our vendors but have not yet paid them, capital expenses, and operating performance. So profit, you know, profit and cash flow are two different things, but they are obviously related. So we want to watch profit, but we want to watch these other uh, cash flow items as well. So accounts receivable, this is eventually going to be money in. This is uncollected sales. And a key measurement uh, to keep track of and, and monitor and manage this cash flow driver is to use uh, a calculation called, called days sales outstanding. So really what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to figure out how many days worth of sales do I have that's not yet collected? How many days worth of sales do I have that's still outstanding? And typically what we want to do is we want to say what credit terms have I extended and how does that compare to this day sales outstanding calculation? So again, your business model is going to determine this. If you're taproom only, you're selling direct to consumer, you really shouldn't have much in the way of receivables, right? They come in, they pay for it, and they're... if you've got self-distribution, this can be a really big number and a really big pain in the butt. You're trying to collect 
from lots and lots of different retailers. You'll have slow payers and non-payers. That can be very challenging. And that's when day sales outstanding and accounts receivable monitoring becomes really important. North Carolina requires pay on delivery. Love it. We So we operated in New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, and, and the uh, requirements were different in every state. So Vermont was cash on delivery. Fantastic. New Hampshire was 15 days. And Massachusetts, believe it or not, for alcohol was 60 days. So really had to be careful in terms of what's what are the laws? Um, what does this mean? So that that's great. Pay on delivery is, is uh, music to my ears, Joel. That's awesome. Uh, net 15. That's not bad either. So, and if, and if you've got, so we had, again, the states are going to do this differently. Uh, New Hampshire was, was f- fantastic as a, as a, I should say, a collection agent. So if someone didn't pay, and this is alcohol only, they're not, you know, they didn't pay within say the 15 days. Uh, there was actually a list you'd send to the state. The state would prohibit any other distributor or brewery from sending beer to that account. That sounds sounds pretty tough, but that is a very effective way to get the account to pay. So in any case, look at what your terms are, whether they're state law or uh, their internal business decisions, and then we can compare that to the calculation. So here's just the quick scorecard, days, sales outstanding, how it works, and how you can use it to monitor this cash flow driver. So for starters, we want to look at what our accounts receivable balance is. And you can do this at any point in, in time. Typically, your accounting system is going to allow you to run this and give you a live look at your accounts receivable balance. So you can do it at month end or you can do it at any point during the month. Then you want to look at your average daily sales. And you're going to compute that really. The period of time that you look at is maybe less important than the consistent application of how you run this going forward. So typically, let's just say you're doing this at month end for the month of September. So we'll look at our balance at September 30th, 250,000. We'll look at our average daily sales for that same month, 10,000. And then we'll just do the math. We're going to divide the sales into our AR balance, and that's going to give us 25 days sales outstanding. So this calculation is telling us that we've got 25 days worth of sales sitting uncollected in accounts receivable as of the end of the month. So in an, in a vacuum, a number doesn't mean a whole lot other than, wow, 20, I have to sell 25 days before I get collect anything. So if you're Amy and you, you should be getting 15 days, you, clearly there's a problem. Joel, cash on delivery, you shouldn't have anything in here or very little. So this would be just an indication of, okay, why do I have a balance? And how does it compare to the credit terms that I've extended to my customers? Now, you'll also have, and again, this is just a quick scorecard to look at your um, AR in total, but you'll also have your accounts receivable aging. So that's going to show you by customer, uh, age of every invoice and their balance. So you can really dig into it. And But this is just a quick starting point to say, hey, you know, how efficiently are we managing our accounts receivable? I'm not gonna, there's a lot here on this slide. This is going to be in the PDF deck my purpose in putting this in is really if you have an issue on accounts receivable or if you want to dig up a little bit deeper, uh, you can use some of the points here. The only thing I would say on this slide is, um, you know, what I found to be the most effective with the receivables is finding somebody that loves to collect money because uh, a lot of people don't. You know, it can be confrontational or uncomfortable, uh, but if you've got someone in-house, maybe that's you who loves to collect money, then all the better. And if uh, you don't and you bring somebody in, you know, you find that person makes makes this whole thing a lot easier in terms of collecting money. Our next cash flow driver is inventory. So this means, again, product that's in your warehouse in terms of finished goods, work in progress, 
raw materials, and so forth. And the measurement that we want to look at to see how we're doing with inventory from a cash flow perspective is called days on hand. So that's how much how much inventory do I need? How much inventory do I have on hand right now to satisfy future market demand? And how much should I have? So from a calculation standpoint, uh, just kind of for ease of math, I'm using a finished goods and I'm using cases. So our days on hand calculation we're first going to measure inventory on hand. And in this example, in our brewery right now, we have 10,000 cases of product. And you can do this by brand, by SKU. This, for just for simplicity, is saying, let's let's look at our, our total inventory in terms of cases. And let's compare it to what we're going to sell. And let's do some math to see how much, how many days on hand of inventory we actually have. So we have 10,000 cases on hand. We're forecasting future sales of 500 cases per day. And then we're going to just do the math. 500 cases divided into the 10,000 we have on hand tells us that we have 20 days of inventory on hand. So we didn't make another case of beer. We fast forward, we've got 20 days worth of sales. So we'll want to compare that to our production cycles, You know how quickly we're making more beer, how much inventory we want to sit on in terms of safety stock. What are our retail partners or wholesale partners or our taproom, what do they need um, in terms of, you know, because projecting and forecasting sales, it might not be 500, it could be 800. So we want a little cushion in there. But really we want to set a on hand. So what's on hand? Um, and that's essentially more than need. So it's essential that we have tied up in that particular problem. 10 days widely by brewery. My suspicion is it's going to vary wi- widely some might have done. So whatever you produce is going to the door under the truck. So you might not be sitting on goods. Others might have. I know for us, try to keep it to that number around two weeks. Again, just to provide a, as a for as a, they're generally sitting on about if you're selling, you've got the same model as opposed to selling full of, of sailors. But I think 10 is a reasonable number, but you probably want to, again, look at your, what are your market cycles? What are the needs? Is there great fluctuation? Are you coming into uh, a season? going to have um, you know a big, you know, big seasonal coming out or or what have you so you have to look at other factors in terms of answering that question directly uh, but i've i have seen that that 10 days is, is probably a, about an average um, so again here's some uh, action items that you can look at if you want to dig a little bit deeper on on inventory i like the days on hand calculation um, I like setting benchmarks against that just so we can kind of see how we're doing. It does, it can get away from you really fast if you're not watching it. Cause sometimes you just, you'll have a production schedule. We're just cranking out beer. And all of a sudden somebody finally says, you know what, we're, you know, the cooler is full. So watching this on a regular basis is a helpful, helpful measurement. And, and I do think walking the brewery, you know, for our place, we have some offsite storage. We have storage within the brewery itself. So you, it's a kind of out of sight, out of mind. So you really have to, you've got to watch your numbers. Uh, you got to go out there and look at the, the product, talk to your people and, and get their input as well in order to manage this big cash flow driver. Okay, accounts payable. So this is money that's going to go out. Uh, these are unpaid expenses as they exist in their accounts payable form. So these are invoices we have not yet paid to our suppliers and our vendors. And really the key measurement here is we want to look at, well, what are, on, on average, what do our suppliers give us for payment terms and what are we paying? 
So with receivables, the goal obviously is collect it as fast as we can. With payables, in some cases, it's don't pay it any sooner than you have to and maybe stretch it out a little bit longer because it really does affect cash flow. This calculation that I'm going to give you here is a bit of a brain teaser. I'm not sure how useful this is in total, but it is an average days to pay calculation. I'll go through it. Um, it may or may not be helpful for you. I find, again, more helpful is, is really looking at invoices individually, You know, putting out um, basically using a purchase order system so that we're making sure we're buying the right stuff, we're paying the right price, we're not paying it any sooner than we should be, and we're taking discounts if discounts are afforded to us. Some suppliers will provide that 1% discount if we pay early within 10 days. Those generally do make sense. So this calculation works like this. So we look at our average accounts payable balance. So an average would be look at the beginning of the month, the end of the month, what your AP balance is, and average it divided by two. And we're going to take that number and multiply the num by the number of days in that particular month by 30. Then we're going to divide it by your purchases, so your purchase expenses during the month. And we're going to divide that large number there by our purchases in the month, and it's going to give us our average days to pay. So really all we're trying to get to is, of all the invoices that we paid in a given month, what's the average amount of time that we waited before we paid it? And again, I think this is imperfect at best, but interesting. So it's something you can run to say, all right, in general, how fast are we paying our invoices? Uh, but I think more specifically, I would do some of these action items. Again, I would personally review every invoice that gets paid. Maybe you're doing that now, but it is pretty remarkable when you look at you know, the different terms uh, that vendors can and, and discounts that they may have. A payment approval process is really critical, and I've got more information on the website about implementing a purchase order system and how that can really help improve uh, your cash flow management. But obviously, the takeaway here is don't pay it any sooner than you have to and stretch it a little longer if you can if you can do that. Capital expenses. So we have talked about these a fair amount. Obviously, there are big ticket purchases, tanks, brewery equipment, trucks, and the goal on these is really to control the spend. And in order uh, to measure it, what we want to look at are is is a concept of return on assets. So essentially, what, you know, what's the ROI? What's the return on investment that we're getting? Like we used an example in the last class of a canning line. Uh, so Ironheart, among others, they do mobile canning. They'll come in. It's their equipment. It's their people. They'll take your beer and they'll put it into cans for you. And that's pretty cool. So if you don't have that type of equipment, this service can work really well. But at a certain point, if you're growing, you might say, well, geez, I'm paying you know X amount per case. I wonder how quickly I could buy my own machine and pay that off. You know, What would that look like? So essentially doing a, a return on investment calculation. Another way of looking at it is kind of a lease buy analysis. Does it make more sense to lease? In other words, using a mobile canning solution or to buy, you know, buy your own. So really that's the fundamental measurement is looking at what are we investing in? How quickly are we going to pay it off? If we are, not all capital investments are going to have a return on assets, a return on investment. You know, some might be quality based. It's kind of hard to, some might be safety. Um, some might be from a branding perspective, but where it's possible uh, to do that return on, on assets calculation is helpful.
And here's a sheet we've looked at before, and I'll just reiterate it because I think it's it's pretty important, is, is doing our capital expense planning. So what are we going to buy? When are we going to pay for it? How much money is that going to be? And then matching this up to make sure we can actually cover these costs. So listing out specifically what it is, who's doing the request, using this as a control mechanism, you know, what kind of quotes have you gotten on each of these things, using this as uh, really a springboard for that return on investment analysis. You know, what are we going to get for that investment in X purchase that you're that you're requesting? Uh, so again, some action items specific to this cash flow driver. Again, that capital budget, matching it up with your financing abilities and capabilities, lease buy options. Uh, you know, I, I, I've mentioned canning lines, but certainly, you know, if, if you're using vehicle fleet, trucks, cars, uh, warehouse equipment, definitely worth looking at lease buy. My my opinion on it is, generally speaking, if you can do it, buying makes more sense. However, if cash um, and and your and your uh, capital situation is a little squeezed, then really take a hard look at at leasing because your 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 capital is going to be better deployed in growing your business. But nevertheless, uh, lease buy uh, can be a really good way to analyze and uh, improve your cash flow as it relates to capital expenditures. So operating performance, otherwise known as your the bottom line on your P&L, profit and loss, obviously an important component of overall cash flow. Profit is not the same as cash flow, but it is a component of it. Uh, so ways to measure that, you know, percentage of sales. We've looked at this a bit in our financial reporting. So I think the five-line income statement is really the best way to measure this, not just on a regular basis. You know, we've talked about financials being more of a historical look. And we really want to work towards real-time numbers so that we can see what's going on throughout the month and course correct where needed. So this is our five-line income statement from sales to net income. And across the top, we're showing what month we're in. We're comparing to how we did last year. And then we're showing the trend throughout the course of the month. So it's September 27th today. Um, so we would be able to create a five-line income statement to show us our net income as of this point in time. And we would obviously be using some estimates. We can get our sales number. We know that. We can get our, we should be able to get our gross profit or our margin numbers uh, from our uh, accounting system, from our brewery software. And then our expenses, we're going to make some estimates uh, in order to come up with our with our net income. But this is simple. It shows you pretty much everything you need to know. It doesn't take that long to create and it'll help you manage this cash flow driver. So certainly building the profit plan, all of your supporting schedules, you know, holding regular uh, weekly meetings. Amy asks, is there an industry standard for sales, cost of sales? Um, it's really going to depend on your business model. Certainly if you're taproom only, that uh, cost of sales number or, or the inverse, your margin is going to be much higher than if you're selling entirely through uh, wholesalers. Uh, likewise, if you've got self-distribution business. So I would say it's kind of like walking up a ladder. If you start with taproom only, really high margins. Uh, self-distribution, the margins are, are better, but not as high as taproom only. And then wholesale, you are sacrificing margins, so to speak, in order to leverage the infrastructure. Uh, so I don't know if there's a standard per se. You know, I've certainly seen ranges. I would say that it probably ranges between, um, and, and this would be more for your blended breweries, those that have taproom and maybe a little bit of outside distribution, probably in that 40 to 50% uh, 
um, margin range. I think, you know, I put a big asterisk next to that only because, you know, th there's a number of things that are going to influence. One is certainly what's your business model. Two is how are you accounting the cost of sales? I don't think there's real great standardization in what everyone includes in that number. Again, I've got resources that are on that page that are kind of kind of say, look, this is what should be in. This is what not should not be in, in, in terms of your cost of sales. And so that you can at least have consistency within your own reporting. But to answer your question directly, it's a wide range, but I think 40 to 50% is, is kind of a, uh, a ballpark industry standard. Okay, so those are the cash flow drivers. Now really, to put a fancy word on it, to use a cash flow system really as a tool to keep on top of those drivers, as a tool to measure and manage and communicate them and to involve your team if you have a team to involve. So for example, if, you're, if your brewer is responsible for inventory, finished goods, raw materials, you know, including that person in helping to manage the inventory cash flow driver. If you've got a bookkeeper that's responsible for receivables, likewise showing them, all right, here's here's what we're trying to do. Here's the calculation. Here's what our credit terms are. You know, here's our target. You know, alert me if X, Y, or Z happens. So you're really using a system as a communication device and using these scorecards, these cash flow drivers, these calculations uh, as the tool to communicate that information. So really knowing the score, you know, using those metrics, uh, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough educating your team. So really what, what is the metric? You know, how does days sales outstanding? That may be commonplace for folks here listening to this, or it may be, geez, I have no, I'd never heard of that before. Just, I think, go into it assuming that you're going to need to show people how that metric works, how the calculation works, what the goal is, how they can make a difference really in improving the result. So certainly measuring having a benchmark, definitely recommend, you know, benchmarking against yourself. How, to, how have you done previously? How are you going to improve going forward? What action items are you going to put in place? And monitoring and tracking progress. So again, if our goal is to get our day's sales outstanding and accounts receivable down towards that 15 days and we're at 25, we're going to need to dig in and figure out, okay, what's going on? And then provide updates towards how we're going to achieve that goal and whether we're making progress. And then obviously the feedback loop, celebrate the win, open up that tap room, free beer. So I want to finish with, so I've, I've given you a lot of granular tracking tools from receivables to inventory and, and so forth. This is really more panning back. And this is something that I use on a regular basis, a quick and simple cash flow. I think it's simple, uh, but hopefully not simplistic. You know, I'm a CPA. We we produce uh, you know full cash flow statements. So we take the, the income statement, the balance sheet. We create a full cash flow statement. And for most folks, when I was creating financial statements, they didn't they didn't even know what the cash flow. You know, you'd look at it. You're like, well, I understand what cash flow is, but I can't read this statement. Uh, so it's you know what I strive to do is give you something that you you can actually use that will be useful. Um, so the CPA prepared financial uh, financial statements, cash flows in particular, are not terribly useful. You know, clearly they're not timely, and even the format and uh, structure is a little a little wacky because right? they have all of their CPA lingo in there. So here here is really just a way to say, all right, what, what's my cash now? So what's my current cash balance? I can look at my online bank statement. Better yet, I can look at my uh, GL and accounting software if it's integrated with my brewery software and say, what's my current cash balance as of today, September 27th? Um, I think I've mentioned we use currently Ecos and QuickBooks. The two sync throughout the day. Uh, so our 
bookkeepers entering you know information as it comes in so cash collections entering accounts payable checks they're going to be cut and so forth so that cash balance per quickbooks is you know more or less more or less live as of you know the current work that's entered so if you look at your online cash balance is not going to know those things so i find that to be to be helpful is is using ecos quickbooks looking to cash balance and saying okay where am i at 75,000 fine so what what do i anticipate for money that's going to come in so if i'm going to try to project my cash position say at the end of the month you know what deposits am i going to have what kind of collections can i expect and i can and i can do this by really looking at that accounts receivable looking at that aging what do i anticipate coming in look at expected money that's going out you know we Payroll is one that oddly gets overlooked a lot, but that happens generally every week, every two weeks. So, oh, we got payroll on Friday. So we got payroll going out. I've got checks that I know are going out because I just signed them all. Or, you know, I've been told that we've got some checks are going to go. So expected money out and really just doing the difference. So we got 75 in a bank. I think 45 is coming in, 55 is going out. So I should expect 65. Now, this is just kind of gives you a little comfort in terms of, you know, where's our cash? Where do I think is our cash going to be for the short term? So I think Amy had asked earlier about, you know, what's kind of a day-to-day cash flow tracker. This is this is really the one that I would use. And I don't do it every single day, but I think on a weekly basis, or if I feel like, hmm, I really need to keep kind of come digging and see what's going on in cash, this is something that I would recommend taking a look at. Likewise, uh, this is just a, a really big summary of you need this today. Well then you got it. It's on the uh grab it on the on the page and download it and and you can start using it. Um so expected capital expenditures this is really more of a, a mini sources and uses. So w- what do we have for borrowing capability? Just as a real snapshot. So if we have a working capital line of credit, what is it? If we have an equipment line of credit, what is it? And then looking and saying, what do we have for upcoming capital expenditures? So again, this is more on the capital side. That first one was more in your operating day to day. And as simple as this is, it gets overlooked all the time because we'll be sitting in meetings. We'll say, oh, we, you know, yeah, let's go. Let's we, we do need that. Let's go buy that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 we don't have. We, you know, so this is a way to kind of inform if you've got other partners or owners, you know, what is our current borrowing capability and what did we what do we just think we're going to spend money on? And let's make sure we can actually do it. Uh, so simple, easy to understand. Oh, we only have 75 grand. What are we doing about that? Well, I said, well, we can you know, we can raise more money we can do x y and z or we can look at a different way on that spend uh, but again just as a communication device as it relates to the numbers and cash flow simple but hopefully use, uh, useful and usable for you so covered a lot of ground there and just to recap quickly cash flow basics you know accrual accounting the takeaway net income and cash flow two different things you can't only look at at the net income we've got to look at those other cash flow drivers uh, cash flow for startups, doing the sources and uses schedule. Uh, really, you know, don't fool yourself. There's some quote about that. You know, we're we're the, the easiest people to fool is ourselves. Is you know, things do take longer and they cost more than we think they would. So so really stress test that sources and uses. Uh, really make sure you've got all the costs and timeline and worst case scenario accounted for. Cash flow in your growth stage. Um, just understanding that growth when it comes is a great thing, but it's going to consume cash. And so that you plan for it. And that really means planning out the balance sheet and what's going to happen to your cash flow drivers there. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, 
guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.